Hello and good morning again, everyone. If you missed the call to worship earlier, my name is Hojin and I am one of the pastors here at Cornerstone. This morning, I have the privilege of sharing from God's Word. Uh, I have a question for all of you this morning, and I would like to get some crowd participation. Uh, how many hours do two complete strangers need to spend together in order to become best friends. How many hours do two complete strangers need to spend together in order to become best friends? So if you're watching this live on Sunday morning, let's make this interesting. Uh, if you're able, put your guests in the live chat and three people who guess the closest without going over, this is like price and price is right, without going over will receive a gift from me. Okay, so what is the number of hours required for two complete strangers to become best friends? Type your guess in the live chat right now, and it has to be submitted before I share the answer, which will be about 30 seconds. So, Dr. Jeffrey Hall, a communications professor at the University of Kansas, he published research back in 2018 about the correlation between time invested in a friendship and closeness um, in a friendship. And in one of his studies, Dr. Hall found that relationships of 10 hours or less were just described as acquaintances. At 30 hours, casual friends. At 50 hours, friends, whatever that might mean. At 140 hours, good friends. The last category is best friends, which is where your guesses come into play. So how many hours do you think? Your answers have to be in now because it is 300 hours. 300 hours. At 300 hours spent together, best friends begin to develop and form. And 300 hours is exactly 12 and a half days. And maybe for some of you, 300 doesn't seem like a big number, but considering that the average conversation is around 30 minutes, it could take up to 600 conversations in order for two strangers to become best friends. We are in the third week of our sermon series focusing on the Holy Spirit. So if you are one of the three people who had the closest guesses without going over, send me an email. Uh, it's just my first name at cornerstoneboston.org. And I will send you this book on the Holy Spirit as a gift from me to you. So email me and I promise I'll get it over to you. In a passage that we read two weeks ago, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is our helper forever. And this word used for helper is a difficult word to translate. It can also mean comforter or advocate. Essentially, the word means the one who is called to someone's aid. And Jonathan Dodson, a pastor in Austin, Texas, and the author of the book I just showed you, he simplifies it and says that the Holy Spirit is someone who gets your back. This morning, we want to see that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be engaged in a personal way. We want to see that the third person of the Trinity is someone who has your back. And we want to move from the Holy Spirit being a, a, an acquaintance or a casual friend to the Holy Spirit becoming a good or best friend to us. That's the type of relationship possible with the Holy Spirit as our forever helper. 
The Holy Spirit is more of a companion than we could ever realize. There are obstacles to this, of course. The Holy Spirit is often misunderstood as some sort of substance we need, like gasoline is needed for our cars or electricity is needed for our technology. Sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit as if he were some sort of sensation, a gut feeling, or excitement. And at other times, the Holy Spirit is mistreated as some sort of vending machine that provides spiritual gifts or supernatural experiences. But the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit is a person, someone who has a a personality, someone who has character traits, someone who feels emotions, who communicates in, in a unique way. The Holy Spirit is our helper, the one who gets our backs. And even though He is not visible with our physical eyes, the Holy Spirit is our forever companion in this life. And all of this means that we need to engage the Holy Spirit more like a friend, more than focusing on what the Holy Spirit does, which is, of course, very, very important. Today, we want to focus on seeing who the Holy Spirit is to us relationally. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our forever companion, which is the title of today's message. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Romans 8 is considered one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. And one of the biggest reasons why is because it talks about life in the Spirit. So let's read Romans 8, 14 to 17 together. For all who are led... By the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray before we continue. Holy Spirit, we want to engage you as our helper, as someone who gets our backs, as a friend and as a companion. Holy Spirit, more than head knowledge of you, help us to have a firsthand experience of you this morning. Meet with all of us, speak to each person, and point us as a church to Christ. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning we want to see that the Holy Spirit is our forever companion. In our passage, we see that the Holy Spirit is a a companion who helps us in two very meaningful ways. So two ways the Holy Spirit helps us as our forever companion. The first way is that the Holy Spirit shows us who we really are. The Holy Spirit shows us who we really are. As our helper and companion, the Holy Spirit wants to see ourselves in the truest light. In our short passage of four verses, each verse talks about our identity as as sons and daughters of God because of Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants us to know that that we are God's children, and the Holy Spirit wants us to live into that identity as God's children. In verse 15, we read, You have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, 
Abba, Father. If we put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit sees us and knows us as children of the living God. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption who wants us to really embrace and live this truth. In the Roman world, an adoption was a deliberate choice to continue the family line and to pass down the inheritance of the entire estate. So adoption was less about feeling compassionate to an orphan and much more about continuing the legacy of the family. And the adopted child was not in any degree inferior in status to a biological child. And this adopted child likely received the affection of the parents more fully because they were supposed to carry on the family line. If the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption, He wants us to fully experience sonship and daughterhood to God. The Holy Spirit as our helper and companion shows us that we are fully adopted. That is, in God's eyes, we are equally a child of God as Jesus is. The Holy Spirit, therefore, encourages us to relate to God in the same way Jesus relates to God. And we see that in the phrase, Abba, Father, in verse 15. It's actually used by Jesus um, in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, in addressing God. And it would have been a shocking thing to hear because Abba is a very personal and intimate term. Because back then, people of Jesus' time might have called, their, called God their father, but it would have been considered disrespectful or re- irreverent to call God their Abba. The Apostle Paul here is, is telling us that as sons and daughters of God, we can have a very special an intimate relationship with God, the same type of relationship that Jesus has with his Father. So there is only one person in the entire world who can rightfully call me daddy, or the Korean word for daddy, which is appa, and it's my daughter, Selah. She's starting to babble, and one of the words she understands and is able to say is appa. And because she's our only child, if anyone else were to call me appa, not only would, would it not make sense and be weird, uh, it would not be true. And it would mean nothing to me compared to when Selah calls me Appa. Right now, she is the only person in the universe who can call me her Appa. And she will never have to doubt or question who her Appa is. The Holy Spirit longs for us to relate to God in the same way Jesus relates to God, like how Selah relates to me. Through Jesus, you are fully adopted as children of God into this unique and special relationship that Jesus has with his Father. Like Selah has a unique and special relationship with me. And this is actually um, one significant area where spiritual battle happens on a daily basis for us. Because there are voices in the world and people sin against us, speak, speak down on us, and, and we also let lies fester even in our own minds and hearts that tell us no matter how hard we try we are not sons and daughters of God. Oftentimes we feel more convinced that we are unwanted illegitimate bastard children to God and many of us doubt our deservedness of being a child of God because of past mistakes or current struggles. Others of us doubt God's goodness to us because we feel unheard or forgotten by him. The Holy Spirit who knows what's in our hearts and in our minds, wants to help us in these precise moments when we doubt. He wants to come alongside us and battle these voices and these thoughts with you. 
In verse 16, we read that the Holy Spirit bears witness to our spirit. The Holy Spirit, like a good friend, encourages us, reminds us, and speaks God's truth to our spirit. He, is, he goes on trial and he testifies that you are God's, God's child. You're not just merely added to the family of God. You are fully accepted and embraced the way Jesus is fully accepted and embraced by God. The Holy Spirit wants us to see ourselves the way that God sees us through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants us to, to know deeply the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wants us to know what God offers us through Him. And the Holy Spirit wants us to live into that reality more and more and more. And I believe even in eternal life, the Holy Spirit will help us deepen our experience as God's daughters and sons forever. The Holy Spirit is our forever companion who shows us who we really are. Uh, nowadays, DNA tests at home are very easily acquired to discover more details about your ancestry and heritage. And two years ago, a man named Jay Spates, he took multiple DNA tests and he discovered that he had royal DNA, meaning he was actually a descendant of a king. Jay Spates, who is a pastor in Maryland, discovered that he was a prince of, of the West African country of Benin. So what do you do if you find out that you're a prince of a country? Naturally, you, go, you get on a plane and you go visit. The royal family of the Alada kingdom prepared a festival for his homecoming with hundreds of people dancing, playing instruments, and singing upon his arrival. Banners were hung and the par a parade was held for him. The royal family even prepared Jay Spates to attend a so-called prince school because he had zero experience being royalty. When we put our faith in Jesus, we become full-fledged members of the heavenly royal family of God. The Holy Spirit shows us that we are rightful daughters and sons of the one and only true God. The Spirit shows us that we can have a relationship of security, familiarity, and intimacy with God, not a relationship of fear, shame, or distance. And because of the cross, we receive the same treatment that Jesus would receive. And this, this leads us to the second way the Holy Spirit helps us as our forever companion. Secondly, the Holy Spirit reminds us that we have more in Christ. We have much more in Christ. If you discovered that you were of royal blood, wouldn't you want to know the details of your possessions and privileges? If you were an actual prince or princess of a country, would you even think twice about reaping and experiencing the benefits of your new status? Verse 17 reads, And if you are children, then you are also heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If you are a son or daughter of God, then you are an heir of all of God's promises. You are the designated recipient of every spiritual blessing from God. The Holy Spirit bears witness to your unquestionable status as heirs of God, just as Jesus is unquestionably the Son of God. We are children who have an inheritance, and the Holy Spirit, our forever companion, wants to remind us of all that we have in, in Jesus Christ, which is more than we could ever imagine. Later in Romans chapter 8, we read in verse 32, God, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, 
how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? This is a rhetorical question that jumps off the page shouting, of course, of course God will give us anything and everything we need. God already gave his very best in Jesus and more than the things that we can receive from God, the inheritance is actually God himself. God the Father gives himself through God the Son and God the Son gives himself through God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit being sent by Jesus is like a down payment of our inheritance. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit as a promise that everything else promised in scripture and everything else we need in this life, it's on its way. It's coming soon. And it should stir up our hearts that God gives us the person of the Holy Spirit because a person can encourage us and a person can intercede on our behalf. A person can empower us and a person can be our forever companion. And this week I came across, uh, across a truth that actually I don't believe I heard in any of my 37 years of attending church. And this is the truth, that the Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. We often talk about God's love and Jesus' love, but when was the last time you were told that the Holy Spirit loves you? For Jesus to say that it is better for him to leave and depart so that the Holy Spirit can come, it must mean that the Holy Spirit loves us. For Jesus to say that the Holy Spirit will help us obey all of his commandments, it has to be because the Holy Spirit loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us so much, he is committed to helping us live faithfully for Christ until we see God face to face. The Holy Spirit loves us so much, He wants us to become everything God wants us to be in any and every season of our lives. The second half of verse 17 reads, Again, if you are children, then you are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. As counterintuitive as it might sound, suffering is an opportunity for us to live as heirs of God. How we go through suffering says a lot about how much we trust God and how much we want to follow Jesus. Your willingness to engage suffering, whether in your own life or in the lives of others, is evidence of the Holy Spirit being your helper and companion. And that's because the Holy Spirit helps us be secure in the face of suffering because we know that we are God's children and that we know we have someone who has our back, someone who helps us glorify Jesus through our difficulties. And so many of us have personal testimonies of God proving himself faithful and the Holy Spirit helping us to persevere in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of the suffering of the people around us. And help from the Holy Spirit always, always makes us more like Jesus. Because if Jesus suffered as an heir of God, then we will suffer too. He actually promised it. And if Jesus endured suffering in a way that brought glory to God, then so can we because of the Holy Spirit. Suffering is an opportunity for us to deepen our understanding of our identity, of our inheritance with the Spirit's help. And we get to experience fullness of life with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is eager to be called upon for help, just like a, a good and loyal friend would respond to your call for help. The Holy Spirit knows fully 
how powerful God is and how faithful Jesus is. So he is ready and willing to come alongside you to help you again to intercede for you and empower you to persevere because he knows that trusting God is worth it. He knows that with his help, you can go through suffering while being full of God's peace, joy, and hope. And all of that in a way that makes you more like Jesus and brings glory to God. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we have more in Christ than we can ever imagine. As our forever companion, the Holy Spirit helps us by showing us who we really are and by reminding us we have more in Christ. So how do we apply this to our lives? How does knowing that the Holy Spirit is our forever companion make a difference for us? How does the Holy Spirit showing us our identity as God's children and reminding us of our inheritance change our lives today? We want to go back to verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God. That verb, led, is actually much more forceful. It means to be controlled by or to be dominated by. If we are sons and daughters of God, the Holy Spirit should be a dominant figure and presence in our lives. Discipleship to Jesus is actually impossible with, without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us follow Jesus. If you are following Jesus uh, without conscious acknowledgement, conscious, conscious need of the Holy Spirit, odds are you are trying to do things on your own strength, and odds are you are probably really exhausted and discouraged. The Holy Spirit should become a close friend, a best friend, and a friend we know better and better over time. And where this comes into play that is that it's a real choice whether to spend time with the Holy Spirit or not. It's a real choice to listen to the Holy Spirit or to neglect the Holy Spirit, just like we can make that choice with anybody else in our lives. It's because the Holy Spirit is a person. Our starting point for knowing the Holy Spirit better is through Jesus and through the Bible. The Holy Spirit will never, ever go against God's word, and he will never lead anyone to disobey Jesus. Two weeks ago, Pastor Bill shared how the Holy Spirit is considered the shy person of the Trinity, and it's because the Spirit will always want to make much of Jesus and bring greater praise to God. And as we get to know the Holy Spirit, we begin to realize when we should ask for his help. We start to notice that the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate something to us. Similar to when someone in our life, uh, life becomes a close friend, we learn to read in between the lines. We, we learn to pick up on cues from our friend, right? Our, our friend, the Holy Spirit. We learn how to speak and pray to the Holy Spirit better and better, even when we lack the right words. Um, earlier at the beginning, we learned that it takes two strangers 300 hours to become best friends. The research also indicates that the quality of time spent together, as well as the kind of conversations you have, lead to greater closeness. Specifically regarding time, uh, time spent together without agenda, without any agenda, tends to produce greater closeness. And regarding conversations, talking about what happened since the last time you connected, and also talking in a way that gives attention and affection to the other person, leads to greater closeness. So how do we apply Romans 8, 
14 to 17 to our lives, it's pretty simple. Treat the Holy Spirit like you would with a friend. Treat the Holy Spirit in the way that you would treat Jesus if he came right now. Offer the Holy Spirit your time like you would with a good friend. Even when you're busy, you make time for your good friends. Listen to the Holy Spirit like you would listen to your best friend. Speak and share with the Holy Spirit like you would with a best friend. And when you develop that relationship, you can love the Holy Spirit who loves you just like Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit is your forever helper and your forever companion in this life. Let me close our time with a a quote from A.W. Tozer. Let me assure you that this is the most important thing in the world, that this blessed Holy Spirit is waiting now and can be present with you this minute. We cannot be all that we ought to be for God if we do not believe and appropriate the fact that Jesus said, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will be my representative and he will be all that I am. He will be all that I am. Let's pray together to close. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you that when you When you engage with your people, you give of yourself. When you see our needs, you give of yourself. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to this world for a very specific purpose, to be our example, to be the one to atone for our sins, to be raised again, and to show us that we no longer have to be enslaved to fear, to shame, to sin. We thank you also that your son gave of himself, gave his Holy Spirit to his disciples, including us. That through the Holy Spirit, we have so much more than we could ever realize. We are, are encouraged in, in, in ways that we, could, that we can't get encouraged anywhere else. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that can be with us right now, this very second. And I pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit would minister to your people here at Cornerstone, wherever they're watching this from, whoever they're with, in whatever circumstances that they're they're dealing with. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would Speak to the discouraged ones, the hurting ones, the ones who feel so far from Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen those who are finding ways to continue to, to live for Christ. We pray that the Holy Spirit, you, you would strengthen this church to engage in suffering in a way that makes Christ known to the world. We pray that we would also engage suffering of the people around us, the, the suffering of the world in a way that makes Jesus known. And we know, Holy Spirit, it's only possible through you. Holy Spirit, help us to treat you as the person, the third person of the Trinity, 
our companion, our helper forever. And we do pray that over time you would become like a best friend to us. We depend on you. May you continue to minister to us through songs and through everything else uh, that happens today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.